Hello everyone, this is David Dacry. Welcome back to the Open Bar Experience. Uh, I have today's, okay, well, today's episode is like this random thing that happened. And the thing that happened was I was, I went to visit a friend at, at his job and we, during, right before close, we started, we, we hung out for a while and after having a few too many, we decided to record uh, our conversation our argument or our uh, chastising one another over uh, dumb shit <laughs> and is just the two of us just going off on one another about who knows more and well not really I mean just we have an argument about these specific cocktails and we're just being really nerdy really geeky and just having a good time with it but we're being very passionate about it so anyways, I recently came back from uh, Tales. I'm working on that episode. That episode is going to basically be some commentary about uh, how the, the, the weekend went, um, as well as an uh, interview with a lovely young lady, Kitty, uh, who co-authored the book Drink Like Lady. And then my comments on what I think uh, Tales is doing that is good and, and for the community. So enjoy this episode. Remember... This is just a couple of guys shooting the shit, but keep the conversation going. This is uh, David Dacry. I am at uh, Prohibition. Fucking Supper around. Supper Club. Uh, yeah, Supper Club. And Oyster, Oyster Bar. Oyster Bar. Um, place of business, pleasure, and all things that are cocktail and bar. Libations and celebrations. Fucking A. <laughs> That's where we are. We're the fucking place that... I got to say, without a doubt, has been one of the best places that I've worked at because it was so fucking fun. One of the reasons it was fun is because this asshole right here, Zachary Russell, and the other fucking... Uh, mother- <laughs> and, and this other mother- motherfucker called Jonathan Gallardo. Who could not be reached for comment. No. <laughs> that guy, no pictures, no comments. Uh-huh. <laughs> Still uh, working on that one. But my experience in this place was... We cranked out a lot of craft cocktails, really, truly crafted cocktails at volume uh, during critical times, That that meaning that there is a burlesque theater uh, behind the bar where anywhere between 50 and 100 people walk in at the same time. 130? 130. Is that what the, the... At capacity, it's 130. Fuck. So, okay. So... It goes anywhere between 50% and 100% of the people walk in to get a drink first. So that would be between 65 and 130 people at any given time walk in. May I add, plus whoever's already here on a Friday or Saturday night. Right. So it's the initial crowd plus an added 50 to 100 people. And, And that said, the bar holds maybe 60 people. (laughs) <laughs> loosely 13 loosely. seats yeah uh, not a lot of room so the, the 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 capacity here is like 75 i haven't checked the uh the sign in a while but i'll i'll, I'll swear by that yeah i, th- I think it's, it's, it's 75 
So the thing is, is like, there you go. So at any given time, you get 75 people that walk in, they want to craft a cocktail, they order off the menu, so that's what they want. Absolutely. And you have a matter of 15 to 20 minutes to put it out because they're here right before the show and they want to go in, sit down, have the dinner and do all of that. So when it comes to uh, volume cocktail bars, this is definitely one of the main ones in Houston. And this is one of the places where you really are going to cut your teeth at at showing what you do and don't know. There's a bar in the theater to where if you don't know what the fuck you're doing... You're going to drown in three minutes. Flat out. Not an exaggeration. No. I do want to offer a point of clarification. You'd said you had between 15 and 20 minutes to, to crank that up. I wanted to clarify, it does not take us 15 to 20 minutes to complete an order, but we do have a window of time in between seating and uh, when they first arrive. That's, that's 20, 20, 25 minutes. Right. I mean, and, and it all depends on, on the amount of people that are here, but yeah, uh, I agree with that. So, what is the industry standard? Given, so, here, the question, my question is, what is the industry standard? And context is, given the craft movement and given what has uh, transpired over the last 10 years, in over uh, across the country when it comes to craft movement how fast can you really truly make an old-fashioned how fast can you really truly make a margarita and uh why is it that it takes so fucking long in some places i mean it's how long how quickly can you make an old-fashioned because the old-fashioned here not only fuck not only do people show up saying i bet i've heard you have the best old-fashions in downtown Houston, uh, but sometimes in, in the city. Houston. In Houston. In Houston. In yeah. Houston, okay. But they also are coming in for all other kinds of uh, cocktails. So how fast can you crank out the old-fashioned at Prohibition? Hell, I wish we had the well set up. We can go ahead and time me. But... Yeah. Uh, uh, I haven't timed myself in a while, but I would imagine less than 65 seconds, 70 seconds. So less than a minute. Yeah. So right well, around I mean, a I mean, I mean, I can crank out three old fashions in less than a minute and a half. And what's the presentation on that? Orange flag. Got the orange flag has to be expressed into it in order to, to get orange the... Orange what? Flag. Okay. Um, so for... Uh, audience members that aren't familiar, an orange flag at Prohibition is going to be an orange swath. So you're taking your peeler, going nipple to nipple on an orange, and you're expressing that into your drink, and then you're cutting it into a polygon. Um, what's that shape? It's fucking, what is that, a rhombus? Something yeah. like that. A rhombus. Yeah. This is this is not a math podcast, whatever, or a geometry <laughs> podcast. Fuck it. Um, but yeah, it's it's that slits formed, put on top of the fucking drink. Bob's your uncle. Throw it at the customer. They love it. So three okay. of those, minute and a half. Any more than that, you're scratching your ass or you're talking to the wrong person. Exactly, and and that's what I'm, I'm getting at is the fact that the amount of information that is out right now. 
really truly uh, allows any bartender to know exactly what to do and when to do it. And in three ingredient cocktail, the old fashioned, a daiquiri, a Tommy's margarita, to an extent, to an extent, the uh, Tom Collins. Well, you got something against the fucking Tommy's margarita? I'm a traditionalist. What the fuck does that mean? I, 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 I like my orange liqueur. Okay, so I'm not against the orange liqueur. It's, it's, called, it's called a margarita for a reason. It's called a daisy for a reason. Yeah, margarita. Okay, <laughs> all right. We're going to hit that in a second. Uh, yeah, okay. Again, I'm going to finish my point. And my point being that in a three to four ingredient cocktail, Certainly. The, it, it shouldn't take uh, two minutes, three minutes to make each one of them. No. Unless you're, you're hand-forging that glass in order to give it to that fucking guest, there should not take three minutes to make a daiquiri. It, it should not. No. Not at all. In an old-fashioned. No. And, and one of the things that I really, truly heard here a lot was two things. Is one, yes, one of the best old-fashioned in the city. Two, it was David, like... David, stop fucking up. Yes. <laughs> that's third. That's the one that I don't fucking... Talk. It kind of filtered that out a that's little bit. That's the one that I don't share. <laughs> and this, the other one was... You know, you guys are getting to it, and it's, there's no fucking around. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. You know, where it's just you, you're putting the cocktail out there. So, let's get to this margarita thing. Mm-hmm. So, why does it have to have orange liqueur, and why can a quality margarita only have the push of a uh, of the agave and the complement? Of the lime. Mm. What the fuck do you need orange liqueur? And let's be very, very clear. We're not talking about orange juice. No. Okay. Using triple sec and orange juice in a margarita has always been about the triple sec that has no flavor. Uh, so I agree and I disagree. Okay. I agree and I disagree based on the orange liqueur. Right. So you're using, let's say, control. Okay. So um, the thing, the bottle that I reach for here, because we don't carry Cointreau, um, we, we carry O3 and we have Pierre Ferrand Dry Curacao. Now, sacrilege, though it may be to you, I will, on a Pierre Ferrand Dry Curacao, uh, Margarita, I will put in a quarter ounce of orange juice, a quarter ounce. Okay, so I, I believe it, it bolsters it up. It adds an additional amount of sweetness. I subtract a little bit of that lime. Okay, so I'm doing three quarter lime, quarter ounce of orange with an ounce of Pierre Ferrand dry curacao and then two ounce of a quality tequila. And I feel like that little bit of orange juice transcends the fucking cocktail. And it gives a bridge to both the orange curacao and the lime. Okay. The and the sweetness. So you're just complicating shit. Because says, of the, says the guy who's, who's, who's passing off uh, a tequila sour as a margarita. No, 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 no. It's not sour because it doesn't have lemon, number one. Mm. Number two. Yeah, I never considered a daiquiri a sour, but go ahead. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you have quality tequila that tastes, t- tastes good by itself, 
And if all you're doing is sweeten it with agave, which is what tequila is made of, therefore you're pushing the flavor mm. of the tequila. And then you're creating contrast with uh, lime juice. Certainly. Okay, that is a margarita. I get from I no, I get what you're saying in the sense that okay, so the margarita comes from the daisy. And the daisy, the original some of the the original recipe that I've seen of the daisy says it's either yellow chartreuse, orange liqueur, or grenadine. Okay, so my interpretation of a daisy in the strictest sense is gonna be an extension off of the brandy cresta. Okay. No, no, no. I, I, you know what? Put a pin in my shit. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna put a pin on we're your shit. Put a bit of my shit because from that, from that weird fucking noise you just made. But we're gonna go back to a comment that you made about quality tequila. Now, a quality tequila will not need to be bolstered by agave in the no, first no, no. place. And so the bolster that I talk about is the fact that what you're doing is you're softening the the the, the heat of tequila mm-hmm. or of a spirit, right? And 40% alcohol spirit, 80 proof. And then you're enhancing it with the uh, the lime juice. My response would be a quality tequila should be able to stand up on its own as a it quality does. spirit. It does. It does. If you want tequila by itself. I, a, quality, a quality spirit in its own right should not need to be... Should not need a fucking crutch. Okay. Should not need a crutch. Like, to be what is a, what? What is the, the the most the highest quality uh, uh, spirit that you know that you've had? Highest quality spirit that I've had. Uh, I had a thirty-five-year-old Port Ellen uh, Scotch that was really nice. Okay, m- make me a a, a, a fucking um, Roy Rogers with it. Okay. So what's the recipe? Uh, I would probably lower the vermouth uh, in order to not contrast as much. I'd try to get something a little less aggressive in the vermouth category. Okay. But still have some backbones. So maybe like um, like a Noli Pratt or maybe like a Punta Mess. Okay. And, uh, so well, I mean, if you're using a Punta Mess, are you going to use a bitters? Of course. I would just, I would just go would, a little bit you lighter. have some... Okay. I which, mean, yeah. Which, which bitters will you use? Now that's that's a sticking point because I will go non-traditionalist. I'd go fucking non-traditionalist. I would go punta mess. I would go two ounces of the thirty-five-year-old Port Ellen. I would go three-quarter ounce of like punta mess, and then two dashes of Regan's orange. So not an aromatic bitters, but an orange bitters? If you're using Punta Mess, are you saying that it's not going to complement enough aromatics from the Punta Mess? I'm not, I haven't had it, so I don't fucking know. Well, then apparently we're both talking out of our ass. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So fuck all that, and let's talk about the, uh, the tequila. Essentially, it's the same thing that you're saying, is, is by lowering the vermouth in something that complements it. it is in, in lowering the... Uh, and, and giving agave to the tequila, you're, you're pushing that flavor in the sense that no. you're softening the flavor. No, because you're, you're totally swapping one flavor for another. I no, you're not swapping it. You are. How, where, where is if tequila is not tasting like roasted agave, 
then oh, no, there's something wrong with it. Absolutely. But where is where is any hint of orange liqueur in which the, the fucking cocktail was originally derived? It could be grenadine or it could be yellow chartreuse. Oh, fuck out of here. For, in, a, in a margarita? Look at fucking Jerry Thomas's fucking recipe. Yeah, that's that's a, a man a man who had rats dance on his fucking shoulders. That's who I should I should definitely be. Yes, you should because that's that's the only reason that the, that well that's not the, that no, is no, the, no, tell me no, no goes with your original train of thought. Why is it the only reason? That is the reason why we have cocktails uh, written down. Oh no, he, I know I know about the Bon Vivants. Okay. okay, so he was the first one to write this shit down, and he's infallible. No, he's not infallible. Well, that's what, what I'm saying. No, what what I'm saying is that the the way that communication happened at that time, in the 1860s, uh, right. was that what was happening in New York was very different than what was happening in New Orleans, very different than what was happening in San Francisco Which or in Which is so Chicago. different from right now. No, right <laughs> now, because you have communication that is instant, you can have the same exact thing happening in New York, then in Houston, then in New Orleans, then in San Francisco, then in Put Chicago. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. No, put no, in no. That. Don't put a pin in no, that. No, fucking yet. put a no. Put a pin in that fucking statement right there. No, put a fucking I'm pin not. In that. Because what I'm saying is that what that does is that it allows people to understand the same exact thing simultaneously because of the 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 speed of communication that we have today. At that time, the speed of communication was way slower. We're talking about the fucking Pony Express. Absolutely. So. When you're three weeks, three months, or three years behind, that's what you got to fucking deal with. And so the thing about those recipes from the classics was that it was based on all these different styles that people had at the time. Sure. So whenever you're talking about a, a margarita with yellow chartreuse, grenadine, or fucking orange liqueur... You're talking about it. he was just including everybody in the fucking process. May I ask a question? Absolutely. When you're building your old fashioned, yes. Do you think of it as a bittered sling? I don't. I think of a modified fucking whiskey on the rocks. Mm -hmm. Even though you can make an old fashioned out of vodka. Because of the recipe. It's a, it's a bittered sling, which is. is what it originally was, which is far more water than what we currently use in our old fashions. We're making a simple syrup. A, a, a sling in, in the traditional Refrigeration sense. Refrigeration had a lot to okay. do with that. So this is the thing. The march of time continues on. We should not look back and hearken to these fucking ancient tombs of let's follow what Jerry Thomas does. I don't fucking follow what Jerry Thomas does, but I do take that into context. Absolutely. But you should not use It is part of the conversation. It's part of the conversation. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, is that it is, it is not a template in which stands the test of time. No, no. It, it is a template that stands as the test of time in the sense that a lot of times people take uh, certain recipes to heart too deeply. And whenever you look at the original recipes, you realize that they were extremely flexible. Absolutely. Because of the regions that people were in and because of the products that were available and because of the fact that refrigeration wasn't even fucking around. So what we have available to, that's the reason why when someone asks me, oh, do you crush the, the, the cube? 
you know, in the glass, the the, the sugar cube in the yeah. glass, and you put soda in there. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, this isn't. They, a, this I have isn't a fridge. A yeah, I have a fucking fridge. I don't make a fruit salad. Exactly. Which, by the way, is my usual response to when people ask me if I'm gonna muddle oranges and cherries in the bottom. I tell them that we don't make a fruit salad at Prohibition. Yeah, and when you when again, but that's what I'm in context is what I'm saying. Whenever you look at what it is that has maraschino liqueur or an uh, orange liqueur or anything like that, it's usually an improved old-fashioned. Of course, improved yes, yes. Manhattan. I, had, I literally had this talk earlier today. Okay, so what I'm saying with that is 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 context. And so some people feel like there's you have that an old-fashioned requires uh, soda. That an old-fashioned requires that you uh, model something. And the truth of the matter was that at that time, those people were just doing the best they could with what they had available. And one of the things they did not have available was refrigeration. And so I feel like right now, same thing with the Capriñas. That's the other thing. Thai Punch, Capriña, um, drinks that, that I feel are meant to be drank in the islands. And what I mean by that is drinks that require time for you to enjoy certainly if you're sitting at the beach or you're laying around in a hammock island time is a thing for a reason it is without a doubt a hundred percent and i had that conversation earlier today mm. and the thing about island time the that fucking poignant <laughs> pontification to is extreme <laughs> what i what i had about that was that <clears throat> there's a certain beauty in, in the equator that is unlike anything else. And even though you have demands on your time, when you're, you're, when you're surrounded by that beauty, I think it is innate to enjoy because life is too short. And so that's what I feel about island time. And so when you have a tea punch, a tie punch, and you have the, that sugar diluting in the spirit. You mm -hmm. have a, a couple of uh, lime wedges in there. I mean, the whole point of it is, is for those oils of the skin to come out and, and soften the spirit, the, the sugar to soften the spirit. It, it, it is a process. It's more like, oh, it, it is more about how I feel about the old-fashioned. I feel the old-fashioned is modified whiskey on the rocks because I prefer whiskey on the rocks. And, and let me finish. Mm. The, 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 the whiskey on the rocks to me is great when I start, but it's better in the middle. In other words, once it's diluted, once it's softened, once some of those flavors have flourished and some of them have, have, have dampened. I think that there are certain whiskeys that I drink with two rocks, certain whiskeys that I drink with three rocks, because that's how the whiskey reacts to water and temperature. Certainly. And so... I feel the same thing about the, the, the Thai punch um, in the sense that I feel like it needs dilution and it needs time. Okay, so how do you, how do you feel about the people who drink Thai punches without ice or additional water? I think those people like boozy drinks and, and I have nothing against it. What I have something against is the people that you give them a Thai punch and they're like, oh, that's too boozy. It's like, well, what the fuck did you think you were which getting? Which is the exact same reaction for people who order an old-fashioned and say the same thing. Right, which is give it some time. That, what, normally what I tell those people is, I think of the old-fashioned as something, I make it boozy 
because it's going to soften once it starts to dilute. And then I get two re responses from, from that. I get either, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Or I guess like, oh, no, I don't like that. Can you add something else to it? I'll disagree with that. I'll disagree with that. I feel like an old-fashioned is more like the movie Predator. If you watch the first 10 minutes of Predator and you're not already on board with that first 10 minutes, you're not going to give a fuck about the rest of the movie and you're not going to like it. Same thing with an old-fashioned. If the first two minutes of you drinking an old-fashioned, you don't like it, you're not in for the ride. You're not going to fucking enjoy that in 10 minutes and you damn sure aren't going to enjoy it in 15 minutes. Okay, I'm not going to argue against that because that might be true with the people that follow trends. But I think that people that truly like uh, old fashions, that's not, that's not accurate. Why? I think that the people that truly like old fashions, they, they like the, uh, the progression of it. Okay, that's people who already understand it. I'm right. saying when you're introducing it to someone, which is the context in which you'd, you'd outlet it. I'm saying the people who are initially scared off of it, which is understandable to certain people. But what I'm saying is if you present an old fashioned and you, once again, to our fucking far flung topic that we've gotten way the fuck out, out of left field from of. No, we're being, not because we, we're into, okay. Okay, we're into things that are two things: classics and trendy. Certainly. So, so we're getting into what was what the, I don't even remember the fucking topic. Standards of bartender, but what was it? No, Mexico, no, 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 industry standards. Industry standards. So, industry standard. You, when you're fashioning an old fashioned, making an old fashioned, creating an old fashioned, make doing a fucking old fashioned, you want to get it to the precipice of when it is slightly too bold it's thoroughly fucking enjoyed in the middle and the middle being the longest part and then just become a little diluted by the time you're you're doing because most people whenever you're having a cocktail you don't want them to fucking slam it you don't want them to have four sips and then be out the fucking door you want them to be part of an experience you want them to order a cocktail have a conversation with friends meet new people yada 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 whatever but it is a long process and it's further you know made true by being served on the rocks if it was served up there's a time window there's a time window for that to be enjoyed as soon as that leaves your stirring glass or your shaker that thing is dead it is dead no nah. it just doesn't know it I just disagree with know. dead no but no it is dead Who the fuck is this? Cleaning crew. No. Oh. All right. You're going to pause it and go to my house? No. There's no one at my house. Really? Yeah. We can have rum and shit. Okay. This is definitely going into the fucking episode. Sweet. Pause it. Let's go. Do you have your car? Or you don't have a car? Yeah.